let's get into this today. You'll see if you've been here at Life Church for even just a few weeks, I think you would probably have picked up on this, that one of our great passions here is to help people and, and encourage people. We teach and we preach in a way that helps them to live the life that God has called them to live. We believe that God has a unique purpose for every human being that he's created. And that in, in actually living according to that purpose is where we make the greatest impact and where we find the greatest joy. And so it's all about helping people in a way to discover that, but then also to live that life out. Because we know that that doesn't necessarily automatically happen. Paul said, hey, if, if you, as you live by the Spirit, let you also walk by the Spirit. So we know that just because people are alive in Christ doesn't mean they necessarily are living the life that Christ called them to live. And we want to help people live their purpose out. And we know that's where kingdom impact is going to occur. So based on that passion that we have, this vision of restoring lives to live the dream, and you hear that preached all, at all of our campuses, you know, we, we look at things and I get passionate about the things of God that, that are uh, helping us to be able to live that out more and in fullness, but also to help people, you know, get away from or avoid or have victory over the things that would deter them from that. It's kind of a double-edged sword, if you will. And one of the things that I've found that, that is probably one of the greatest hindrances to people really living out the life each day that God has for them, just full of joy and full of peace, is something that we call worry. And worry just tends to uh, be a big interference for a lot of people each day, it's something that so many people struggle with on a consistent basis that kind of robs them of the joy and the peace and the purposes that God would have for them on a daily basis. And it's interesting, they did a study at the University of Cincinnati and they found that 85% of the things that people worry about actually never happen. Now, I have no idea how they did that, that study, to tell you the truth. I, I can't figure that one out. I don't know if they put patches on people's brains and they just trigger when worry happens or what. But the point is, I subscribe to this theory, okay? 85% of the things we worry about in our life actually never even happen. And it said that, moreover, 79% of the things, uh, or 79% of people, the other 15% that does happen, 79% of people actually handle them way better than they ever thought that they could. So the point is, is that worry really robs us of a lot of the things that we are meant to have today in the here and the now, right? Are you with me? And it's kind of like, if, if we look at worry that way, it's kind of like a down payment on a problem that's never going to happen. That's really what it is. It's like we're investing ourselves. We're investing ourselves in something that's not fruitful and helpful for us anyway that ultimately never comes to pass. When you think about it like that, why would anybody want to do that? But the reality is, is so many people struggle with worry in our world on a daily basis. And it robs them of the joy that God intends for them to have, the peace and the purpose in their daily life. Right? And so... We see that sometimes people just become accustomed to this and they just kind of live that way where worry is a part of their life. But then other times people do things to avoid the worry, like self-medicating with different drugs or different kinds of things where they escape. And, you know, I mean, you know how people are when they're ripped, right? They're like, yeah, man, I don't care. Everything's great. No worries. 
And it's true. I mean, they don't probably have a lot of worries because they just don't care. But the problem with that is, is that we're still supposed to care and care deeply about the things of God in our life on a daily basis, but yet not in a way where we carry worry along with it, right? So deal, just dealing with worry and making it a normal part of our life is not the answer, but escaping it by doing other things where we get rid of the worry but we don't care, that's not the way to deal with it either. So the question then becomes, what does Jesus say about worry? What does Jesus say about this very important subject that all of us in the world today and have since years past, as we're going to see, they dealt with this in the Bible. What does he have to say about this particular subject? And if you'll go with me in your Bibles today, we're going to read from the book of Matthew. Of course, that's the greatest book ever written. We know that. The name is the best one of all. <laughs> you guys are just a little slow today there. <laughs> a little slow. <laughs> Keep up. All right, so Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. Let's just read. There's, there's about a dozen verses here, so just kind of read with me. Therefore, can you see the screen there? Can you see it? Okay. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not more, much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? What, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you for this word that you've put in our heart, my heart today. I ask you to help me communicate this clearly, accurately, and sharply. That your word would go forth and it would transform people's lives. That it would break free from the bonds of worry that people walked in here today with or have been dealing with in their lives. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, first of all, before we break these scriptures down, you got to understand that this particular section of, of verses is, it comes along in a, what we call the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus did. And that takes place in Matthew chapters 5 through chapter 7. Now, as far as we know, this was like the most popular, arguably the most powerful and important sermon that we've ever seen delivered on the face of the planet. Okay, first of all, of course, Jesus is there, and he's giving the sermon. But if that were held today, I mean, that kind of a service, it'd be like the Cowboy Stadium would be packed out. We'd have, like, Hillsong worship there. I mean, it would just, you know, it'd be the, the hottest thing trending on Twitter and Facebook, you know. Get to the Sermon on the Mount. It's happening now, you know. Everybody knows about it. That was, like, the biggest thing. And so 
Jesus is up there, and he addresses in the Sermon on the Mount in those few chapters, and I encourage you to study through those and read those. He addresses some of the most critical and important issues that we face in our life. He talks about things like lust and about uh, jealousy and about murder and hatred. He talks about things um, like having grudges and being judgmental and anger and love, and he talks about worry. So we know because at the beginning of this, if you actually look uh, at Matthew chapter 5, when it starts out, it says that Jesus, he saw the multitudes that were there and understanding the needs that they had, he went up on the top of the mountain to begin to have this sermon. So what we've got to realize, first of all, is that this particular sermon was extremely need-driven by the culture that was there today. But the reality is, is that all of these things, even though culture has changed, the, the, these things have not changed in the fact that we deal with them and we battle against them, even our lives right now here 2,000 plus years later, right? So it's this, these scriptures on worry in this Sermon on the Mount, one of the greatest sermons ever delivered by Jesus. He addresses this and he addresses it powerfully. And so if he's going to tackle something like that in this kind of a message, we know that it's carrying with it some serious weight that we need to grab hold of and not just hear it, but we need to implement the truths of it in our lives so that we can live free over the things that Jesus is talking about here. So let's take a look, first of all, at verse 6, 26. What we see here is we see the power of contrast. Okay, He says, look, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap uh, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, or you have not more value than they. So he's talking about you know, the things that the birds have need of. And then he's talking about, you know, things like food and water and clothing and shelter. All those things are provided, and they're even provided for the birds of the air. Now, when was the last time, just honestly, any of us worried about eating, starving to death, not having shelter, or not having clean water to drink? When was the last time, right? Now, we're very blessed in our culture today. I realize that there's places in the world where that is not so the case. But that's not something that we deal with necessarily or battle with on a daily basis. And the power of contrast is here because Jesus is saying, listen, if I'm providing life-giving things, the most important things that are crucial to life and living, to even the birds of the air, why, how would, what would you have to worry about that goes beyond those things if I'm meeting those kind of needs, right? So it's like, wow, that's so powerful because, yeah, Jesus, he's taking care of the birds and he's taking care of everything and he's, we're, not, we're not worrying about how we're going to live and have food and have water. So why are we worrying about, like, what people are going to think about us, you know? Or, like, man, I hope I don't get misinterpreted there. Or I'm just so worried that I'm not going to get invited to that thing. Or I'm just so worried that I'm going to miss out on this. Or I'm just so worried that, you know, it's not going to be, my, 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 my house isn't going to be clean. Or I'm not, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we've, these are the things that ail us. And Jesus is saying, you're worrying about things like this. And I, you don't even have to worry about the things that bring you life. Why would you need to be worrying about things that, of course, are even more, uh, even less important? And then we get into verse 27, and he just kind of cuts right through the fog of everything. And he says that how does worrying add even one cubit to your stature? He's basically saying, look, worry the way that we're going to define it here, the way we're going to look at that. It has absolutely no value and no benefit in our lives whatsoever. 
There's nothing good that it will produce in us. So we've got to understand that and say that any kind of worrying, the way that we see the Bible talk about it, is nothing that's going to be helpful and fruitful towards us walking out our purpose in life and living this joyful and peaceful life that God has promised for us. And he said, and if you look at the definition of worry, first of all, just in the dictionary, it refers to thoughts and images and emotions of a negative nature in which mental attempts are made to avoid anticipated threats. So then in the Greek version, it actually defines it as something that would distract you or divide you into parts away from the thing that God has planned for you. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? That when we actually harbor worry, unintentionally, we are dividing ourselves, disrupting ourselves from the flow of the Spirit of God's purpose in our life on a daily basis. That worry actually derails us. That's a powerful thing, right? So we can say, yeah, there's nothing good about that. And if worry is the unnecessary weight of things that are going to distract us and then divide us from God's plan, then we look further and we see in verse 34 that Jesus just kind of compounds this thing and he takes it to an even entirely higher level. He says this, in verse 34, he says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, first of all, he doesn't say sufficient for the day is today's own worry. He says its own trouble, which that's actually a word in the Greek named kaka. <laughs> it's called kaka. It just means <laughs> trouble, challenging, inherently evil things that are outward, that are, you know, basically coming at us. So sufficient for the day or today's own caca, right? We're deep here, guys. We're getting deep today, caca. So why would we add worry on top of caca? Caca is enough in itself. You know, you're going to slip in some caca from time to time. I'm just saying. Trouble is going to come every day. We know that. Sufficient for the day is today's own trouble. God's prepared us and given us ability to just walk in victory daily over everything that comes our way. But worry is not something that we're to harbor. So why would we add worry on top of the already tr difficult trials and tribulations that are come our way? We wouldn't want to do that, right? And when he says sufficient for the day is today's own trouble, oh, listen, or to, yeah, do not worry about the things of tomorrow. God really showed me in this scripture and just gave me some deep revelation in the fact that, listen, it, it is something that people do often where they actually, they go outside of even worrying today and they begin to grab hold of the worries of tomorrow and days to come and they pull them into the here and now and they put the weight of those things on themselves today. And it's just far more than they can bear. They're not created to do that. And it's kind of like this. Just imagine, if you will, that you're a truck driver. Imagine that you're a truck driver. And you're going to pick up a trailer load every day that has a several thousand pound weight load. And your truck is capable of transporting that several thousand pounds to the destination that you're driving across town to. And then you come back and you turn in that day. And you do that every day, Monday through Friday. That's your job. But why would you suppose that maybe on a Monday you would show up and you would say, you know what? 
Go ahead and hook up Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Just go ahead and put all five days worth on the truck right now. I'm just going to go ahead and try to carry those. Could never do it. You're not, it's not meant to bear that load. But when we worry about the things of tomorrow, when we look into the future and allow the temptation of worry to set on us, we begin to weigh ourselves down more and more and more with things that we simply are not able to bear. And then the challenge of this becomes that if we get so accustomed to doing that over time, that it just becomes like a normal way of living. We just live with worry and we don't even realize it anymore because it's become a new normal. We have this radar detector in our vehicle, for Katie, of course. And <laughs> it's a very annoying radar detector. It's so sensitive and it's like, I think when people make a call on their cell phone, the thing goes off, you know. It's just, K-Ban, K-Ban, you know, it's just constantly going off. And so it's, it's like I was driving the other day, and I'm coming down the highway, and the thing's just kind of going off, going off, going off, and I'm just mute, mute, mute. And all of a sudden, I thought about it, and I'm like, I have not even once stopped to look at what I'm, speed that I'm driving or look around to see if there's an accident or a cop or anything. There's police officers here. Listen, I'm, I, I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. But my, but my point is, is that I was thinking about, I'm like, man, I'm just, I've become so used to this annoying noise. I've just accepted it, and I just don't even hardly pay attention to it anymore. And it doesn't even change hardly anything about how I'm moving about my habits as I'm driving along. And if we allow worry to just gradually creep in on us and begin to weigh us down, and then the enemy can just heap more and more loads of it for days to come on top of us, it just, it's almost like it becomes a normal thing and we're, we're trying to do battle against all these other things that we're dealing with in life and we don't even realize that we've kind of built this fortress of worry around us that God's saying, you're not, you're not meant to carry that. You're worried about things that you can't even, you're not even, it's not even here yet. You're, you're meant to live today, right now, with joy, with purpose, with peace, here and now. And you're worrying about things that are tomorrow and the next week and the next week. And it robs us of, of, of so many of the things that God would want to bless us with in that moment and in that time. I think often about how, like, down the road, when I look back over memories of my kids growing up and even whenever I was younger, I do not remember or recall the things that I worried about. I mean, you know, like getting something accomplished or getting something done or worrying about what somebody was going to think or how somebody was going to, you know, how they were going to be or whatever. I remember the things that were the blessings and the moments of time that God was giving me. And I think about it, I think, man, how many of those things have I, am I missing each day because worry is pervading that, right? I mean, just sitting there with my kids, there's beauty in that. There's just joy in watching them be them and the blessing that God's given me. But I am guilty, I'll be very honest, of times where it's like, all of a sudden, I'm gone in a place of worry about things for the next day or the week after, and I'm missing everything that's in the right here and the right now. And that is just not how God intends for us to live. I'm not saying we don't plan for the future, 
Okay, we do. We know that the Bible tells us we're to have a vision for our lives. But what I'm saying is we do so in such a way where we do it with faith and we do it with excitement and zeal for the things God has ahead of us, knowing that he only intends good for us and not bad. And we do that when we think about the future, but we do not employ worry and negativity when we do that and think about what is out ahead. We live in the peace and the joy of the moment in the here and the now. Are you with me? Are you with me? And if people allow that to happen for so many days upon end and upon end, it's like the hooks have just sunk in deep, you know, and it's just become a way that they're used to living. And they go around and and then they deal with everything. They deal with it through like almost like this uh, structure of worship or this this thing of worry around them that they've allowed to sort of set up place in their life. And then all the things that come at them that are troubles or challenges that they actually have the authority to overcome, instead of responding in authority, they respond out of worry and immediately put themselves on the back, moving back from the things of the enemy instead of going forward and overcoming them. Does that make sense? And so I just say this, that there's really no shortage of things that are going to continue to come at us in our life day after day after day that we classify as caca, challenges and troubles. It's just the reality, you know. It's going to happen. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. And with all of those things, they are carrying with them the evil temptation to cause us to allow them to set up shop as worry in our lives and camp out and take a place and stay as long as we'll let them stay. And I don't want to live like that. And I know you don't want to live like that. And the good news is, is that you don't have to. Jesus spoke about this thing powerfully, powerfully in that sermon. He spoke to the hearts of the people. He rebuked worry for what it was. He gave them the perception of how they should approach it. But ultimately, all in all, what was really the key was that Jesus poured himself out and died on the cross so that the victory was won and then the authority that was needed supernaturally from God's spirit to walk over that, we then became we had access to and i know this because listen when jesus got down off this off the mountain it was one of the greatest altar calls that ever happened it said after he was done with the sermon on the mount that the multitudes and thousands began to follow him that's so powerful when jesus talks about the things in our life that we fight and we deal with like worry or you know judgmentalism or anger or all these other things that he addresses we know that it's by his spirit that we have the ability to walk in victory over all those things. He gave a laundry list of symptoms of things that would rob us of our destiny, but he performed a single act that that was the solution to the victory that we needed for that. And it was all in him. You know, the opposite of worry, basically, when you study that out, is peace. It's, it's really peace. And I'm not going to get too deep into this today, but peace 
is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And we know that the fruits of the Spirit are evident in the lives of those who walk in the Spirit. Jesus said in John 15, he talked about abiding in the vine. He said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. What do the branches do? The branches bear the fruit. The vine provides the sustenance and the nutrients. The, the branches, they don't sit there and, I'm going to produce fruit and pop out fruit. They just produce fruit because they abide in the vine. Oh, do you get this? So if we just abide in Jesus... If we just seek him in our lives every day, we just submit to his will and we just seek to pursue what he has for us and we abide in that vine, that the fruits of the spirit will just be getting birthed in our life and peace will be one of those. And peace that surpasses all understanding, the Bible says, guards your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. It guards it. It forms a fortress that keeps the temptations of worry at bay and we can walk over the cacas that come at us in our life when they do. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Whew. I'm a little worried about how you guys are doing with this right now. <laughs> Is this getting in? I mean, is this, this is worry, man. I mean, it's, it's a robber, you know, it's a killer. It's a destiny killer. And it's got no place in our lives. I mean, that's the written word of God. I'm speaking in the authority. I'm not giving you my opinion here. It's got no place in your life, right? Jesus spoke these things. He taught these things. And then he equipped us to be able to walk it out. And it's just like anything. You know, fruits in the spirit, you walk in, stay in, abiding in him and the fruits are there. It's just like anything else, really. I mean, we address a lot of different things and talk about a lot of different things. And it really kind of always comes back around to it's You find your answer in him. You find your strength in him. You find the solution in him. You find the victory in him. You find joy. You find peace. You find strength. You find everything you need in him. Right? And so let's do this. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet today.